Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I am here with Dylan Baldy of Cloud Nothings, a uh, one of my favorite current bands. And uh, we're going to talk about a couple of songs off of The Spine, and those songs are Spine and Spines. Here we go. <laughs> I've been dragging my feet across. My back, and I've been rubbing my head against my neck, and I've been walking my fingers through my body, and I've been feeling this feeling in my spine, and I've been believing in the up dylan hello yeah hello oh man thanks for being on yeah no problem at all thanks for asking yeah i'm so excited to talk to you because i mean like i was saying before we were officially started we've uh i've uh written stuff about you on punk news we've talked about a couple i think the two most recent records we talked about on best midwestern um we're actually about to record a little bit more about you guys. We're doing this past two years. We've been doing a state-by-state project. Um, this podcast is not nearly as prolific. There's only 11, 12 Midwest states. Some of them, like Illinois and Ohio, mm-hmm. oh, and Wisconsin, were all two-parters because there's so many bands. Um, so we already recorded Ohio Part 1, which is going all the way back to, like, I was talking about, like, I was, like, go way back to, like, Depression-era blues and shit like that. So it's going up to, like, I think we got up to the... 70s so like the modern stuff like you guys and even though you're in philly since there are three quarters of the band still in cleveland you're foreign in cleveland most of those records you are still in cleveland so um we will definitely be talking about cloud nothings so i'm excited i was excited to find out uh you're actually on the wiki the they might be giants wiki you are listed what? in the section called i think it hold on i think it's notable fans oh yeah notable fans let's see <laughs> Hold on. How do I find this on here? Fans? Fans in bands. Famous fans. <laughs> famous fans. Okay. Because you're famous. Famous fans. Yeah. I'm working on getting Frank Black on here. We'll see if his management gets back to me. I've sent um, the management for Car Seat Headrest a... Uh, did you find this? Did I did find, find it. Yeah, I'm sorry. This? I'm reading my own quote yeah. and then following. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand it at first. It's kind of a complicated quote, <laughs> yeah, but I, I am a fan. Yeah, read, read, yeah, yeah. read it. Uh, read it for us. Well, here's what I said. I stated, <laughs> uh, the first record I bought was probably horrible. It was probably like, it was a They Might Be Giants album, actually. That's awesome. That's not terrible <laughs> at all. That band rules. <laughs> well, so what, uh, do you have any recollection of where that quote came from i don't see any citation there that i don't know but it is true yeah so i must have said it somewhere yeah usually stuff is cited there yeah because like i mean most people like i think the first cassettes i ever bought were i mean it might have been like 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze soundtrack or something, mm. you know? Uh, which, you know, actually was pretty good. Uh, MC Hammer, mostly Weird Al and all the Weird Al stuff rules. But um, if the first thing you ever bought was that They Might Be Giants record, do you think, it, is that true? I think, no, I, I know for a fact it's true. Yeah, it's not the oh first thing that was ever like, it's not the first thing I ever listened to, but when I had like my sure. own ability to buy a CD, <laughs> I bought a Apollo 18. Yeah. Oh, good choice. Uh, good choice. Okay, so before we get into your full Phantom, yeah, um, yeah that's that's my f- favorite They Might Be Giants album. Uh, let's tell people about who you are in case they don't already know. Um, I'm going to kick it off with a clip from um, Here and Nowhere Else. Let's do... I, you know, I think it's got to be I'm Not Part of Me. So let's listen to a little bit of that. It starts right now There's a way I was before But I can't recall how I was those days anymore I'm learning how To be here and nowhere else How to focus on what I can do myself I'm not telling you all I'm going through I'm not telling you all I'm going through Okay, so yeah, that was my when I did my punk news list in 2014. That was my number one record, and that was that was the first record I heard of yours. So it, it's kind of like yeah, nice. with they might be with they might be giants. The first record I heard was also Apollo 18, and this was in 1993. So it was the newest record. Um, this was the first. This was when I got hip to you guys, <laughs> and it just you know I don't know. Does that ever happen to you? Where like the first record, like the record that hooks you on a band, it like will remain your favorite record of theirs forever. Um, it does. And I actually have a history of like only knowing like weird random records in a band's like discography and not like just never listening to the popular one and being like, but I like, I like this other one more. Yeah. Or like listening to it and being like, that's not as good as this other one. Yeah. I've always like, right. I don't know. My favorite Jimmy world album is futures. Nobody agrees with me. Yeah. that That's a great album, but I think it's, you know, it usually just shows people's, you know, you can kind of guess then how old a person is mm-hmm. based on what their favorite record is. And it, the same goes for They Might Be Giants. Like the first people I talked to were all my age and we're all like, oh, we saw it on Tiny Toons and then we got Flood or whatever. Um, but then I've been talking to people who are like 20, 21 and they're like, oh yeah, Phone Power is my favorite record. I'm like, really? <laughs> they're like, what? I'm like, that came out yesterday. But then I, I'm like, oh, that no, that came out, <laughs> that came out quite a while ago at this point. Uh, so yeah, that's, you know, that makes sense. I mean, Bleed American is, is my favorite and I was just on a, there's a Jimmy Eat World song, my song podcast called Jimmy Eat Pod, which, uh, those guys are some friends uh, of mine and we just guested on a, uh, a closing segment. Me and my wife, um, were on the episode for me, this is heaven off clarity. Um, but we talked about when we first got together in 2002, Jimmy Eat World played SNL and played sweetness in the middle. And that was like early on in our relationship. I invited Cara over to my dorm room and we watched <laughs> Jimmy World on SNL. I had fucking rabbit ears on the TV because uh, fucking I don't know college in the year two thousand two. But so um, no, that totally makes sense. So Cloud Nothings started. Um, so uh, I mean, you got you've put out a lot of great records. People loved you. Kind of you kind of blew up with uh, Attack on Memory. I think would be the one that kind of pushed you guys into. Yeah, that was the first one that people liked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I like the self-titled record a lot, but I think you guys there was a lot of you know like kind of settling into what you were really about, and like I mean, was was the self-titled one. I mean, was that kind of like a solo record? I can't Basically, remember. I yeah, it was all. I don't have it was a physical like CD booklet of it. Yeah, I recorded you know, it with yeah. this this guy in Baltimore. Like recorded it, but I played everything and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. So. so you're like Dave Grohl, basically. You're on that level. That was the Dave uh, Grohl t- album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of times, and like I don't mean this is like to to set you up for like this lofty thing, but like I compare you guys to Nirvana a lot because. 
And not because of like you recording a full album like Dave Grohl, but because you're a guitar based band in an era of there being like no guitars in bands kind or of. like, you know, it's like there's all these, I mean, obviously the punk underground and stuff, there's still plenty of guitars, but even like indie rock, like all of a sudden everyone's like, hey, I'm starting a synth pop band or whatever, mm-hmm. which is cool. But like for a band to have like raw recordings with with like i mean when i I remember when i when i reviewed um here and nowhere else i actually reviewed in my first midwest podcast which was called two gregs one podcast also through punk news and there was a song we played where i'm like i'm pretty sure this was recorded without a click track because and he couldn't tell but like as a drummer i was like it seems to pull back a little bit there whether it's intentionally or not and that's I mean, would that be correct? Can you confirm that? Is 100% that is 100% correct. And it was infuriating Boom. to the guy who was producing the record. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to convince you to do a click track and uh, you were like, no. Yeah, for this one part. Well, it was just like, it would have made it so hard. <laughs> Playing to a click oh, track's hard. What song yeah, was so that? it was a, uh, yeah, and it was just Psychic making him trauma? so angry. Which uh, that one probably, I think every song on that record, honestly, probably just slowly speeds up up until it's over. Yeah. Because that's kind of what yeah. we just do naturally, accidentally. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, you get to an energetic screaming part and you push faster. That's just a natural thing that happens. Yeah. Um, do you guys still record without a click track? This is very big. This is minutia for people that are like, I don't know anything about recording. Or people, you know, most people listening have never recorded an album. But you know, that's nerdy stuff that I want to know. Yeah. Like your most recent one, um, we got to play something off of "Last Building Burning," which mm-hmm. I want. I always want to say "Last Burning Building." I say it wrong all the time last building burning was that recorded all without a click track that was also click track free yes oh so this is like a thing so you are trying to be like steve albini you're like in utero nirvana because <laughs> just like the reason i compare you to nirvana is um not saying like oh these guys are gonna put out the, the smells like teen spirit and blow up everything because you know that will smells like teen spirit that phenomenon will never happen again because there's way too much music available and with streaming and everything no one listens to the radio like that kind of thing will not happen for any band Mm -hmm. like big hits like old town road i mean that's like a total fluke i don't know it's like shit happens on youtube not on the radio yeah i don't even know how it works i've never even planned on being famous because i know it would just never happen so i've never really even thought about it but um Recording without a click track, I always record with a click track, but with recording it without a click track, I think it's probably pretty rare these days. Um, but to get that kind of Albini sound, like that raw, like you're doing room mics, you're doing, you know, you're not close micing the cymbals, you're like doing big overheads, or you're doing, you know, and you're going without a click track to get that kind of, I mean, not like you want to sound live, but like you want to sound like a band in a room. Um, is that kind of, well, why do you go without a click track? Would it be any of those reasons or just something else? (laughs) Uh, well, our drummer used to just have a really hard time with it. (laughs) Um, and he just wasn't able to play along to it. Now he kind of practices along to the click track stuff a lot, actually. Um, but even still while we record, we just did another record that is not, nobody knows this yet, actually. Um, so don't tell anybody. Exclusive. (laughs) Yeah. But we did, we did another record with Albini, um, where we also just, it was pretty loose. Yeah. And it was, it sounds good. Oh my God. (laughs) It just sounds like a a live thing again. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. But I, no, I posted a couple pictures of like Albini's back while we were in the studio oh <laughs> sitting there. nice yeah but that's that's the so only way to say um you got a band instagram or like your instagram there's a cloud nothings one yeah i just kind of use it as my own and also the band it, one. is it just i don't know if i'm following you guys in there is it just cloud nothings i think i think so yeah okay and our, yeah. our photo is just us sitting there yeah press shot so let's play something you know what let's do a little medley i did this with adam from murder by death let's do a little medley let's do a song off of you know what let's do three songs let's do something off attack something off um life without sound and something off of last burning building would you have anything in particular from those three records from attack what uh Mm. i mean it's it's i mean fall in is is my jam from that record but uh oh okay feud something else and just like because like those catchy you got those catchy parts like kurt cobain could write a fucking hook but you know he had that raw nature to it it's it's a very similar thing and then you'll be like screaming so that's like it's totally i mean that's why i draw the comparison so 
Is fa- fall in? Is that cool? Yeah, you pick. All you, right, you so pick the songs. Yeah. Okay, Your so choice. we'll go a minute, a minute of fall in, uh, off attack of memory to let's do, let's do things are right with you from life without sound, and then let's do. Oh, I'd, I'd love to play dissolution, but like, what minute would I chop out of that? It's so fucking long. <laughs> yeah. Let's do. Uh, let's do. Uh, Let's do leave him now off of uh, Last Burning Building. So here's a little medley of Cloud Nothings. Okay, so now that people are aware of how much your band rules, uh, let's, uh, <laughs> dude, seriously, um, let's talk about They Might Be Giants. So yeah. Apollo 18 was the first, not just the first They Might Be Giants album you bought, but the first when you had money to buy, was it on CD, I'm guessing? It was on CD. I bought it at a Borders in Westlake, Ohio, a suburb of Cleveland. Yeah. What year was this? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> let me think. I guess I would have been like 12 or 13, mm-hmm. probably, maybe younger. I don't know. Early 2000s, let's say. Very early 2000s. So I was going to make a guess as to what your favorite album is. And because when I was talking to... Um, 
to Nick about getting you on here. And we were, you know, he was playing Middleman for uh, for a few emails there, mm-hmm. and I was asking what songs you wanted to talk about, and all the songs you suggested were on The Spine. Is The Spine your favorite They Might Be Giants album? It's not, yeah, because I picked these songs because The Spine was the last one that I really was into, like, that I listened to actively and decided, like, after The Spine, I wasn't going to listen to anymore. <laughs> yeah, what? So I chose what? The Spine. What? explain yourself well i don't really care for most of the songs on the spine i gotta say yeah but the ones that i picked you picked a bunch (laughs) well those are the ones that i like yeah but then the whole rest of the record i was not really feeling and that's when i kind of fell off the they might be giants train and got onto some other trains that have led me to okay you know who knows where sure 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 fair enough fair enough so yeah the other ones you suggested well we're going to do an episode on bastard wants to hit me and then you also mentioned wearing a raincoat um, incredible song tell us why you don't like the rest of the <laughs> spine because honestly you know what and i've said this on the podcast before the spine is my uh least favorite they might be giants album um i want to know why it got you off the band and then i will explain why i i like it mm-hmm. but when i did my punk news list in 2004 which was the first year i did it i put it on my biggest disappointments list which Ooh, i said that before so why uh why did this album get you off of the band uh well because i do think it was disappointing <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like not there's some good songs on there but it's all a little like it sounds like it could be some other band like it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. sound like they might be giants anymore it sounds like and why do you say that uh that doesn't sound like them well, because they, it's just not as like, I'm trying to think of a word that isn't the word quirky, because I hate, right. that's a horrible word, um, but it's and, just and not I as like. I said it in that little, qu- but oh. 2004, I think we had not, as a fan as a fan base, had not completely banned the word quirky yet. I look back at it and I'm like, oh, why did I say that? Yeah. But I was basically saying, I was using quirky as a good thing. I'm like, it's not quirky enough. Yeah. Quirky seems derogatory to me for some reason, but I mean it in a good way. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Sure. It's like not, it's not weird enough. Yeah. It's, it's a little too straightforward. It's a little too just like uh-huh. guitar, generic. 2004 bandy so what do you think about mink car as an album well mink car i like there you (laughs) go i remember liking mink you are correct i have not i haven't gone back and listened to that one in a minute um but i liked it yeah (laughs) makes me think of that scene in high fidelity where um uh, i'm forgetting the character's name the the short guy uh and where he's talking to that girl about stiff little fingers or something and she says, like, she likes something. She says an opinion, and he's like, correct. <laughs> Your opinion is correct about Minkar, because Minkar rules and has weird, weird shit, like Mr. Excitement, man, it's so loud in here. I've got a fang, uh, Wicked Little Critter. And then I think people people now, it's a very divisive album. I did a whole Patreon episode about, you know, debating about that. And um, people even then maybe they got a weird response to it yeah and so they're like hey let's put out a kids album and then let's put out just a pop rock album like the only song that stick out to me is spines which you picked right um bastard wants to hit me because of the weird like vocal effects and then stock of wheat which i love and i've performed stock of uh, good. live like stock of wheat like yeah. Because all of a sudden you got like tuba coming in and you're like, this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> Where's the tuba on the rest of these songs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's exactly the same way. Like experimental film is one of the, I was going to guess that Homestar Runner got you into the band uh, is what I was going to guess. I, th- I think that might be true. Actually, I was trying to think of what got me into them like for real. Um, and it was, yeah, it was yeah. like my dad originally, but like becoming my own fan, I think was probably via Homestar Runner and Kablam. Yeah. Okay, so your dad was a fan. So, oh yeah, yeah. So you were hearing them from an early age then. I like was. Really I started enough. the first one I heard wasn't Apollo eighteen. The first one was actually like the. It's called like then, then and now or something like yeah, that. It's then. It's then. the two. It's the first two albums. It's the self titled and Lincoln, and then all of the B sides and stuff off of that era. That is, yeah, that's the first exposure I had. Yeah, it's like two thirty song CDs mm-hmm. with all of the weirdest shit. So, yeah. yeah. So if you listen to what people call the pink album, the self-titled album, and then all the B-sides that come after that, and then you listen to Spine, you'd be like, this isn't the same band. Right. Yeah. Like, this totally is just different. some, this is just some normal rock band. Like where's, 
you know, where's uh, Rabid Child? Where's um, Mr. Claw? Like, what are where are those songs? <laughs> you know? Never seen a talking claw. Um, that would be so weird to hear as, like, a six-year-old. I'm trying to imagine, like, because... It's what I was I, into. Yeah, I was like, oh, this my is cool. dad didn't yeah. listen to the RP <laughs> Giants. My dad listened to great shit, Bowie and The Who and Beatles, you know? Mm-hmm. So he, he started me off with good taste, but he was of an older generation that did not know about they might be giants yeah well my dad um, i was gonna say that's funny because like my my young young boy taste um, was <laughs> something that was basically informed by like what my dad was like this is good you know um and i had yeah. at a time when i had this then like the big cd yeah. it was like one of those double cd in cases. the double case yeah, yeah i, I had that so, yeah. And the other CD I owned was also a big double CD, and it was uh, Led Zeppelin BBC like recordings or something. And those are both nice. like that was like the two sides of my dad. Yeah, so I have this memory of that. Yeah, the first copy of 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 uh, Tommy by the Who I had was one of those big double mm. CD cases, and I've since I don't know what happened to that one. I it went somewhere over the years and when I rebought it, it's like, oh, we can cram it all into one CD now. Like, I don't know why it was a double <laughs> CD. I mean, I think just like, because maybe people were like, the track listing indicates this is the end of LP1 here yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I could see how some people probably would like that. Be like, well, got to change the CD. <laughs> <laughs> got to flip the CD over. It's like one of those double-sided DVDs or whatever. And yeah. you got to flip it over like an LP. That would be funny. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so... Spine is a weird album, but that's awesome. So you've been listening to them your whole life, and I'm envious of that. I guess I have, yeah. Yeah, because even though, yeah, you're a decade younger than me, it's weird for people that are even younger than you to get into them. If you're getting into them in 2020, you've got 800 songs to listen to. Yeah. And that, for some people, let's say you have a job where you can have music out in the background. Cool. But otherwise, it's like overwhelming. Mm Mm-hmm. Because what do you even listen? Where do you start? You know, there's so many different phases of this band. There are. And I feel like there's maybe not even necessarily like universally agreed upon. Maybe maybe the first couple. Maybe like Lincoln and Flood are the ones that people are like, you got to check those out. Um, but I don't know. Outside of that, then like people are kind of lost. I feel it's the same as like a Guided by Voices <laughs> kind of thing. Where it's like, oh, you got to listen right. to Alien Lanes and B-1000 and then... Yeah, they have like 30 other records that nobody ever says anything about because no one's listened right. to them. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that would be accurate. You know, and, and when I talk about artists that could compete with They Might Be Giants in sheer output, mm-hmm. Guided by Voices would be one of them. Yeah. Especially if you kind of like Robert Pollard's other stuff, solo spoken word albums. That Didn't they put an album of just like his banter? I'm sure, yeah. I think they did, where they just, like, all the shows that were recorded, they find his best, like, drunken little yeah, ramblings. It's like the recording of a, of a high kick. Yeah. Just the sound of wind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is something to be said where it's like, hey, I wrote one verse and a chorus. Okay, that's a song. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, you know, um, there's so many great ones, and then you just have to play it again, like all those B-1000 songs. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, let's do it again. Gold Star for Robot Boy, play it again. Uh <laughs> Like yeah. I th- and and then the Mountain Goats who I mentioned before, like John Darnielle, if he had a songwriting partner, he could possibly eclipse They Might Be Giants because since he's writing the songs by himself while mm-hmm. Linnell and Flans have each other, um, they're doubling up and they've got like eight hundred songs. Uh, I think by himself, Darnielle's written like five hundred songs. So if he had Jeez. a songwriting partner, then there'd be a big competition there. But let's get uh, him. Might- let's get him one. Yeah. <laughs> let's start a something i don't know do you start a gofundme yeah you know it it i think at this point it would probably be hard for him to relinquish uh any songwriting duties to somebody else because it's <laughs> so much his project yeah you know um but it was a good idea for him to name it a band name like he says how like he didn't want it to just be his name he wanted like at the beginning he was like faking that it was a band because he'd have like uh this this girl Rachel would play bass sometimes. He would have like this choir sometimes, quote unquote. Uh, and now it is like a full band. I mean, John Worcester's fucking one of my favorite drummers ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peter Hughes is amazing bassist. Like they're just so good. But it's his band. 
you know. Uh, do any of the other guys in Cloud Nothings have anything to uh, any much say on the songwriting elements of Cloud Nothings? Uh, not really. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like the way I'll work on stuff usually is by kind of like writing a song and then playing it with Jason, our, our drummer Jason. Uh, and just like through playing it with him, I kind of realized like, oh, let's like cut this part and do that part. So that's sure. like the that's the big input from other people. Um, right. But, but they aren't like, I think you should change this lyric. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't I mean, I don't even know the lyrics. It'd be insane if they did. Yeah. <laughs> Again, takes me back to Nirvana. Weird Al's parody, Smells Like Nirvana, where he basically, like the, the parody lyrics are basically, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's hard to sing with all these marbles in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> did you read the Weird Al article in the New York Times? Like last, oh, I just saw this past that. Sunday or something? It's great really good yeah someone shared it with me i need to read that yeah. I, I i love the little uh image that flipped through all those fans dressed as him surprisingly i've never gone as him for for halloween and i own a couple of accordions i don't know why i haven't done that <laughs> and i have a sweet mustache already so i'm all set yeah. um yeah so i think oh so the one thing i was going to recommend is that you should check out i like fun which is um one of their most recent albums. They put out three albums in 2018. Okay. Uh, if you're not aware of that, they they did their dial a song. Now is essentially their YouTube, which is called Particle Men, and um, they put out a song and a video. A lot of fan videos, a lot of more like simple videos, and then a couple real like music videos. Uh, every Wednesday in 2018, they put out a song. Uh, some of them. So then they put out an album in January. I like fun, and then they put out. Two albums in December, the next December, um, and one was a double disc called My Murdered Remains, which they still have not put on streaming because they wanted people to buy it, and it charted on Billboard because of that. Oh, wow. And then they put out the John Henry demos, which was really good because it's like John Henry with like more punk guitar, like the guitar's hotter in the mix. Um, and then they put out an album called The Escape Team, which was a collaboration with a comic book artist. And so there was a lot of content. And I Like Fun is the one I would recommend to you because people... I don't know if people would call it a return to form because all of us fans have been happy with everything they've done. Mm-hmm. Like I said, people... I liked The Spine, okay? Yeah. I like it, but I prefer to like scatter those pop songs like in a playlist of other stuff that's weirder. And the title track for I Like Fun is just, um, it's the dude from Cream, Bruce. It's a, um, Bruce, Bruce, fuck, whatever. It's a Mellotron sample of him going, ah. It's a <laughs> muted, muted trumpet, snare drum, and contra alto clarinet. That is the instrumentation. Okay. And with Flansburg singing about uh, being good at parkour. So <laughs> they have weird songs still. John Linnell has gotten into this microtonal detuned stuff. They have a song in My Murdered Remains called Dog, where it's a piano basically detuning itself. Like, you know, like if you take the, the bender on mm-hmm. a keyboard and just like, just like lower it a little bit. And he's playing like a melodica that he's like, I think it's like smashing his embouchure so that it goes out of tune and then somehow singing a pretty catchy melody over top. So I would recommend checking out their most recent stuff because I think they decided that like they want to get weird again. They like fun. Yeah. They like fun. Right. And it's <laughs> yeah. a very depressing album. It's their Trump era album. Oh, okay. um, and it's not political, but there are some songs that could be interpreted as such. Yeah. Oh, and they say shit for the first time. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. I know, right? Yeah. I know. Jeez. Still never dropped an f bomb. How old are they? Uh, but uh, Flansburg <laughs> is sixty, and oh, Linnell okay. is fifty nine. Yeah, because he talks about um, parkour. Um, my excellence at parkour is not to be discounted. Uh, yeah, as I leap away. Um, what do you say? Yeah, he says at the age of 58, and that was two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. What if it's yeah, the dude. first time they ever swore, like, in their personal lives, too? Dude, you've never seen them just, live? Uh, have you never seen them live? This is something else I have to talk about. No. What? Yeah, what? I have not seen no. them live. Because, I, you know, as I said, I lived in Cleveland for basically my entire life up until September. Yeah. Um, and they always play this one place in Cleveland, and it always sells out right away. They play the Beachland Ballroom. Oh. Shows sell out real fast. And then... I you know I could still go if I wanted, 
but that place when it's sold out is horrible to be inside yeah so I'm why just, it's just too crowded they just let it get too crowded it's like miserable to stand around in there so i just it gets don't really go. hot probably it's it really hot yeah. it's awful yeah so i when it's sold then there's like a sold out show i just don't go and unfortunately every day might be giants show sold out so i don't know if i can even you call know, myself a fan after saying oh that out sure loud. You can, but, but yeah sure you can you know i would highly recommend it when they get touring again i mean the flood 30th anniversary tour started this year mm-hmm. and has since been pushed i would highly recommend seeing them because they say shit like um i mean like you know james k polk you know um i don't know if you know the song tippecanoe and tyler too which was like a b-side they released um so that's like Tippecanoe and Tyler too. That's a reference to um, Harrison, the president mm-hmm. and you know, who died 30 days into his presidency. Cause he was an idiot um, and didn't wear a coat. They prefaced the, Oh yeah. And his claim to fame was like killing a bunch of native Americans. So they, they did those two songs in a row when I saw them on the, I like fun tour two years ago and they prefaced it with um, here's two songs about assholes. So like they will get poli- <laughs> they will get political in between songs. They will swear. Right. Um, they are hilarious. They're stage banter. And what I was I was just saying to to Mike to open Mike Eagle. I was like they should put out a live album and not cut out the banter. Mm. Like you could put the explicit logo there or whatever and just say this is not one for kids because yeah. their banter is just amazing and it's what makes them special and it's different in every show it's not like rehearsed banter you'll hear some bands and it's just like like it's almost cringeworthy you can tell they've said it <laughs> like you know 20 times before that show you're at mm. so let's get into the songs here finally i think we've padded out the front of this plenty let's talk <laughs> about uh first let's talk about spine which is so you got experimental film first track on the spine and then we get to spine um, which I don't know if technically you call either of these the title track because neither one has the in the title. But uh, Spine, what are your thoughts on the – because these two tracks, you could say they're companion pieces. They're both very short, Spine and Spine's plural, mm-hmm. but they sound very different. So Spine is like the ballad of the two. What do you like about – or what do you think about um, – instrumentally style wise what do you like about this first one track two spine spine um well i mean i think let me let me play this and i will talk as it's yeah that's fine how about that i've been dragging my feet yeah (laughs) you can sing along back yeah (laughs) okay um well the thing (laughs) about spine (laughs) um on the spine is that it kind of sounds like this whole record sort of has like a Fountains of Wayne vibe to me, a lot of the songs, ah, um, which is uh, cool yeah. and good. I like R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, very sad. Um, who, has worked, who has worked with They Might Be Giants. He was oh, yeah. part of the programming on Man It's So Loud in here. Yeah, okay. Well, uh-huh. that's, that's interesting, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe that's why this record kind of sounds like him. Yeah, um, right around that time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think this song in particular, and you're going to have to help me figure out why um this one has the same sort of vibe as like the other fountains of waney kind of songs on here like the human resources one in particular you know it's kind of that same like slow like right almost smooth kind of thing yeah but it's uh something about this song in particular feels more like they might be giants to me um than the other ones and i i'm not sure i even know why yeah. I think I know why. It's because Linnell is doing a slightly altered voice. He is. He's kind of doing the goofy I've been voice. Up. It's like a crooner type voice. Um and yeah, and and so this one, so Spine's plural has never been played live. Spine singular, this one has been played live 53 times mainly oh, because wow. they do it they do it to lead into Memo to Human Resources just like it is on the album. Okay. So they treat it almost as like one song. And I've already done the Memo to Human Resources episode, but I will show you there's a cover um where two brothers smash these two songs together because they go right into each other you know you just hear that memo starts out with that pickup on the drums just that big boom you know and then it goes into i'll be in the back so i think i think yeah even though this one is kind of like a ballad and not the most interesting musically i think vocally 
yeah, I love that altered voice. I love that's something like was all over Apollo 18 mm-hmm. and all over John Henry, you know, like doing a yeah, just like putting on a voice where you're like where you actually have to be like, wait, which John is that? Because the voice is so weird, <laughs> yeah. right? So yeah, the credits, you know, it's it's the typical it's uh Linnell doing the lead. He also does his own backups. He, all those are Linnell as well. I like when they do that. Yeah. (laughs) So it's Linnell on all the vocals and and piano. Dan Miller on guitar. There is no Flansburg on this track at all. Flans Mm. does not play on it. Uh, Miller does the guitar because there's not much going on with the guitar, really. Weinkoff on bass and and Marty Miller on drums. Um, so musically, it's not terribly interesting, but yeah, I love the vocals. And what do you think of the lyrics? The lyrics are incredible, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, I think that's what I like. I guess that's something I like about them a lot is like kind of just taking even over like a normal song or something, just sort of mashing genres together in a way that uh-huh, is sort of like uh-huh. it's silly a lot of the time but it's like fun to listen to (laughs) and it makes a good song there's like a good song underneath everything that they do which is uh important (laughs) but yeah yeah this is like if fountains of wing guy had a stroke or something like the vocals are just like so bizarre and the lyrics are you know they don't seem to make any sense but it's one of those they might be giant things where it's like you can interpret and like the wiki has an interpretations tab which often can (laughs) find some good insights but also be hilarious Mm -hmm. um so yeah i've been i mean i could read the lyrics to this whole song very quickly i've been dragging my dragging my feet across my back and i've been rubbing my head against my neck <laughs> and i've been walking my fingers through my my and i've been feeling this feeling in my spy and i believe i'll be leaving it behind which is a great line i believe i'll be leaving it behind mm-hmm. when i don't need a spine so the <laughs> incredible it's so great and it's sung with such feeling yeah it's that kind of like sinatra kind of dean martin like, dragging my feet mm-hmm. across my back thank you yeah you it's know. like three <laughs> three impossible things basically you don't drag your feet across your back you can't do that you can't rub your head against your neck that doesn't mean anything yeah to walk your fingers through your mind what yeah and then feeling a feeling in your spine i guess you can feel that and then it gets more real and then it gets sad because he basically i feel like i'll I'll be leaving it behind when i don't need a spine when don't you need a spine when you're dead yeah i feel like it turns into like an emotional song at the end yeah Yeah, even though it's about like nothing (laughs) yeah so that's yeah i like that Yeah, I don't always go to the interpretations tab, um, at least not before I give my own interpretation, but I do think it is a guy that is dying, like, in your, you know, it could be like in your deathbed where you're feeling things you've never felt before because you're about at the end of your life, and most people, you know, it's like how... We don't know if there's a heaven because, you know, they're dead and they can't be like, hey, guess what? I saw it. There's a heaven. People say that they do, but they're wrong. Um, but yeah, he's like, I believe I'll be leaving it behind. He's like, okay, I'm about to die. Um, but he's feeling a feeling in his spine. Maybe he's paralyzed, but like, or maybe he's not quite paralyzed because he's feeling something. But the whole thing, like, he's feeling all these weird physical sensations and he's about to, you know, check out permanently. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, if either one of us uh, is dying anytime soon, you got to let me know if you feel like your head is rubbing against your neck uh, yeah. in your last moments. <laughs> yeah. Just hop on a Google Hangout real quick and tell me. Yeah. Because I, I would like to know. You know, to me, or <clears throat> I mean, it could be about like a drug trip or something, right? Where the Giants are never guys that I don't know. They don't if seem too druggy. Has, ever done any sort of drugs I and mean, caffeine is <laughs> caffeine is their hardest drug yeah and and like but like when people get like a sensation like like get very aware of their own hands or something and i've never done drugs <laughs> either really at all but like if you're like man i'm really i can really feel my head on my neck you know like mm-hmm. some weird sensation that you might have if you're taking like some you know psychotropic kind of you know mind altering drug that could be what it is and that could be the spine the spine could be this drug and when you don't need the drug anymore you don't feel your fingers in your mind yeah 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 yeah. so on the interpretations tab someone just to graze through some of these 
the first one, this this person says, I don't see a, someone, no one's claimed this as their thing. The Spine is a depressing workaday anthem, which makes sense because going into Memo to Human Resources, which is basically like, my job sucks, I'm going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, this is a cry for help and my job is horrible. Um, tiring, monotonous, doleful tone and lyrics, dragging my feet, that kind of thing. The second one references My Man on Mink Carr, which I, is a song I'm obsessed with right now, and it's a very, very catchy song basically about paralysis, where this guy's brain is not communicating with his limbs. He can't move his limbs, even though his brain is wanting to move his limbs. And Linnell is obsessed with, I mean, My Man is a Linnell song. He's obsessed with uh, injuries. I mean, you got. <laughs> you've probably never heard Contra Coup because it came on their next adult album, The Else. Contra Coup is when Linnell learned about brain injuries, where when you hit your head in the front, your brain also bounces and hits on the back. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's like when your brain like ricochets inside your skull. Linnell's State Songs album. He's a song. Uh, the uh, South Carolina is about. Um, a bicycle accident, which he's had a bicycle accident in the 80s. He broke his wrist, and that's why they started Dial a Song. Um, so this makes perfect sense as a Linnell song. It goes right along with these, my man. Um, all of those, you know, it's, I mean, they love skulls and bones and talking about weird death things. So this totally tracks. Okay. It's about a guy dying or a drug trip. Those are those are mine. I don't know what you think if those sound... Uh, about right to you or not well i'm looking through i'm looking through these ones actually right now too they get crazier and crazier as they go on yeah that's basically you could lose days on this wiki it's just so (laughs) there's so many facts but there's also so many i've been dragging my feet across my back who does that crickets they're chirping (laughs) and i've been rubbing my head against my neck when i tried to do this i noticed that at any degree it would look like i was sleeping in my chair Okay. Okay. Uh, right. I've been walking yeah. my fingers through my mind. Before you go to sleep, you may do this. <laughs> I don't. Right, you're thinking. Who, who does that? Who can do that? You're think. I mean, I guess like you're thinking about something. I guess. Or like yeah. Like if your brain was a book, you're flipping the pages. I don't know with your fingers. I don't know. I think I think that's about all that we need to dig into that because it's just like you'd really end up in bizarre places, which. Is why this they make a great subject for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Is that it's 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 fun to just make outlandish uh, guesses because Linnell will never tell us <laughs> what it's actually about. They don't do that. They don't like to, or else they tell you two different things and, and mess with you, tell you something wrong. Yeah, uh, you want to move on to the one that you had actually picked. I convinced you to add spine onto it. The one you wanted to do was spines, True. and I'm guessing because of the genre of it the vibe of it i do like that vibe yeah 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 i like that vibe man (laughs) what do you what do you like about it instrumentally spines and and this is coming in at track uh track uh 11 so after it's kicking in a song probably about drugs into spines and then au contraire which was another kind of single uh, from this album so what do you like about spines musically spines i like um because really I don't think I recognized this at the time, um, but it kind of has, at the time I listened to it, you know, as a kid, um, it almost sounds like, you know, like city pop, that like Japanese genre No music. What? It's like a whole Japanese thing. It's like 80s Japanese music. That's huh. all like a sort of super glossy produced like okay japanese r&b in a way um nice, and i nice 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 this is what this song reminds me of a lot and i like that kind of music a lot yeah so i only kind that's of recognize cool. this going back and listening to all these songs now and trying to pick one um i think that's what i like about this that they take like yeah. something as far flung as that and like combine it with you know it almost has like a west coast like rap <laughs> like right. feel it's to like it. yeah it's, two yeah like tupac era like mm-hmm. Like the the Sims, the duka 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 duka. It it really it should have like one Tupac of those Moog. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. Incredible. It should it it should have the Moog the wee like the super high synth. That's the one thing it's missing to fully put it in that genre. But yeah, I always thought like they've never like they've attempted a lot of genres and they've only like tiptoed around hip hop a little bit. I think they probably feel like that's the one thing that they couldn't pull off so the only time they do it is in like a little snippet like this a little 30 second song Mm -hmm. you know and it's but it is more like r&b because he's singing 
I mean, hell, I mean, a lot of rappers, especially these days, they're all singing or trying to sing. Um, <laughs> I, I came up with this three note melody. Um, <laughs> but, but like the, the instrumentation is basically, yeah, like a retro 90s retro style of like hip hop, basically like throwing it. If this came, this came out in 2004, throwing it back a decade, you know, it kind of uh, would fit into that. Yeah. L.A hip-hop the california hip-hop yeah from that, it's that great era. and there's nothing else on this record like that you know there's nothing else they've really done like that as far as i know yeah that's um, what i'm saying like like throwing it to anything vaguely resembling hip-hop or dance music like you can count them on two hands the amount of times they've tried that stuff um dancey music like they've they've done you know grooves and like some kind of soulful stuff but as far as like dance music you got like man it's so loud in here and uh, am i awake what a song uh, what a song! Yeah, you <laughs> gotta a listen song. to the. Uh, you gotta listen to me and Colin's uh, collaboration on that one. I will. Um, yeah. We made it more like a Jesus and Mary Chain song. <laughs> uh, okay, like like automatic era Jesus and Mary Chain, mm-hmm. you know, where it's all like aggressive drum machine. Um, what, what do you think about the lyrics in this? one? I'm actually reading them right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long read, you know. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's. You want to read? You want to read them again for the. Sure, sure, uh, <laughs> sure. Spines, they're going to make you cry. They're going to make you crawl. They're going to make you fall in love again. Spines, they're going to make you beg. <laughs> they're going to make you scream. They're going to make you fall in love with spines. <laughs> spines are going to make you fall in love with spines. Incredible. What, what do you What do you think? <laughs> I honestly have no interpretation of this. <laughs> yeah, so thank God other people do. Yeah, I think there's really not too many people... Uh, who have said anything about this one, actually. Yeah. Yeah, which is odd. So this one has never been performed live, so I feel like people have forgotten about it. It's also deep in the track list. But it comes right before Ocantreya, which is one that people knew. I mean, that one has been released twice. Same with Memo um, on uh, the um, Indestructible Object EP. Memo and... Um, yeah, Memo and uh, Ocantreya mm-hmm. were kind of singles on that and then they ended up on the spine as well which is another reason i didn't like spine because i got that ep and i'm like i know these two songs already (laughs) and they're not my favorites like you put two of my least favorite songs again on a on another cd um like i'm already sick of memo um but yeah spines is like never performed live i don't see why they couldn't do it especially because now they do they do a segment of the show now called the quiet storm which is where it's just the johns and then marty instead of playing full kit he has like an old school drum machine like the drum pads Uh, the square yeah all the squares and i'll hit them like with mallets like they could totally do it the boom boom gonna make you cry like flans flansburg is really doing is really doing a lot of falsetto on the new stuff and this like they should totally bring this. They should back. bring spines but, back. Yeah, this guy. And not, like, not, I mean, I, I guess if they've never played it, they're not bringing it back. But they're bringing it for the first time. <laughs> Come on, guys, bring spines to me uh, when I see yeah. you play for the first time. They might be giants. I'm addressing them personally for some reason, as if they're listening. Um, they but, they're they're they brought wicked wicked little Critta back. They're doing wicked little Critta during this quiet storm part with like oh. acoustic guitar, acoustic guitar, keyboard, and. Uh, or instead of synth, he's using this chaos pad, chaos with a K, mm-hmm. which is like a touchpad thing. Oh, yeah. So it's Wicked Little Critter with acoustic guitar, uh, chaos pad, and um, Marty on, on electronic drums. And it's amazing. Sick. I didn't see it in person, but I saw videos. I'm like, oh, my God, I love Wicked Little Critter. <laughs> That's another one where people are like, oh, it's too silly. I'm like, no, it's awesome. Yeah. Why don't they do this? It's going to make you cry. And like the word spines is like in almost every line underneath gonna make you fall in love again and then it already has started the next spines Mm -hmm. every line is like over top of a spines and they're gonna make you fall in love with spines (laughs) (laughs) and then it's over yeah it's so perfect i think i want to think another reason that i'm drawn to these short spine songs um is that because i was so into apollo 18 and fingertips Uh like Uh closes that one out and this these two almost are of a piece with that style of writing you know the real short just like here's something totally different yeah like just kind of i like that i like that about them yeah yeah um let me find you know what let me find okay memo to human resources let me see if this one has because they they haven't performed spines live but i was just thinking about this how we should have a because they have played spine let me see if this one all right, so check out that first one, which is just audio. 
and it's of them playing Spine into Memo. I've been dragging my feet across my back And I've been rubbing my head against my neck And I've been walking my fingers through my mind And I've been feeling this feeling in my spine And I believe, I believe it behind So this is on the YouTube channel, The Adventure Club with Josh. Ooh, I like this version. Because they put accordion in it. Mm. <laughs> Adding accordion to anything makes it better. I also played that on the Memo to Human Resources episode. I want you to take a look at the description on that under the, the video there. The Adventure Club with Josh. Read that. <laughs> take a look at that description. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me open this. Uh, <laughs> you see that? I'm always weary. Yeah. Wow. Is that true? You know, I don't know what's <laughs> going on with this. So this this guy, okay, so this has the guy has 130 subscribers, mm-hmm. which isn't a ton, but this video only has 23 views. Um I mean it's only it's not even a year old, but it has 23 views. And I've already played it on an episode, so me and my guest have already listened to it. Mm-hmm. So out of 23 views, at least four or five of them are <laughs> me or my guest. Um, and I'm, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because it has this Filmora kind of thing across it, which is a weird, makes it look weird and people might not click on it. But it's, I can't remember if I read that on Memo, but this guy saying, I mean, people aren't going to want to go and listen to this, Josh. If you say that one of the Johns is unpleasant. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, it's different every time. <laughs> That's what I like about it. You don't know who's going to be mean to you. Yeah. Yeah, like, how many times have you been lucky enough to interact with They Might Be Giants, and yet you're going to diss them on your YouTube channel? To to nobody. To nobody. To to 23 people and actually less because they're mostly me. I'm going to subscribe to this guy. (laughs) Subscribe. (laughs) Subscription added. I want to, I need to ask him about that. I know. I'm going to give this video a thumbs up, too. So, all of this guy's stuff, he must have like a little radio show kind of thing because here is uh, the Danny Warhols. It's all Uh, live. Is it all the same place? Is it all in Gainesville, like it says? It sounds like he's got a little, maybe like a college radio station, something called in his show is the Adventure Club, and he somehow manages to get these people on there, and he has to pick them up, and they criticize his driving. Apparently, I mean, what? <laughs> what? I mean, the Johns are from New York. They how could they criticize anyone's driving? Everyone either doesn't drive or sucks at driving in New York. I mean, that's my experience. Yeah, sorry, I'm Weird. looking at all these now. He seems to. He's he's from all over the place. This guy. He did that with them in Gainesville. He did another video with someone else in L.A. He did a video with another band in Texas. Uh, this is fascinating. Who is Josh? I don't know. Yeah, I think they should write a song called "Who Is Josh." The so Adventure Club let's... with Josh and Kevin, and Kevin is spelled K-E-V-E-N. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Let's watch the only cover of either of these songs, and it's uh, AJ, uh, AJ in Dallas, and it's that second link I sent you. You see that? It's two. Yeah, let me get it's it. It's two brothers, a younger brother at the keyboard, and his older brother kind of chilling behind him. And you're gonna make sure you you want to make sure you're watching the video. Don't click away from the video because they do a pretty neat trick here. I'm excited. I've been dragging my feet across my back. I did like that. Look at that. Older brother takes over for the harder song on piano. 
And the younger brother's counting down on the three, two, <laughs> two, two, two. Nice job, guys. Yeah, so the YouTube channel, it's spelled A-J-A-H-N, and then Dallas, D-A-L-L-A-S, A-J on Dallas. Yeah, this has got way more views than Josh Adventure Club, man. Yeah, yeah is, over a thousand. Yeah. It is very good. The comments are good. Fantastic. Gave me shivers. <laughs> Yeah, wow. down my spine. <laughs> Gave me shivers down my spine. This song was so good, it broke my spine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, the, yeah, that's the only cover. Now, uh, very quickly, I noticed that on the wiki, there are, um, you can tag things and, like, themes. There's It says song themes. And if you click on, there's a theme of spines. Mm-hmm. That is a word you can click on. And so spines, the page for spines. Uh, the column of vertebrae that supports the back seems to be a favorite topic of the band when it comes to songwriting. So we've got songs that have a central theme of spines. My man, which I mentioned, spine, spines, and the spine surfs alone. Have you ever heard this? Heard the spine surfs alone? I don't think so. It's on an EP that was released on the same day as the spine. Okay. And if they put the spine surf alone, surfs alone onto the album, the spines, it would have improved the album because it's a weird song and you would you would like it. So you should listen to that at some point. That'll have its own episode. Um. And then spines are briefly mentioned in I Need Some Lovin', Letterbox, This Damn Band, This Land Is Your Land, Tractor, which describes how you're feeling, and then honorable mentions to the albums, The Spine, The Spine Surf Salone P, and The Spine Hits the Road, which was a live thing they did, uh, obviously, when they went on tour for The Spine. So, uh, uh, yeah. They got a spine like I said, thing. A, a yeah. Lot of, yeah, they got a thing about spines. So, um, all right. So, the last segment, you need to score this song, baby. Score it? Yeah, um, baby. Did did you not make it to the end of the open mic? Eagle? No, you I didn't. Score this. My girlfriend woke up uh, and I had to like help her do something. <laughs> <laughs> so on a scale of uh, to, to ten, um, like pitchfork style scores, so decimals are um, mm-hmm. acceptable. You're ranking it against just like on the wiki. You can score songs on the wiki. Like the number one song right now, I think is Anna Ing, and I think it will probably stay there. It's usually Anna Ing or Birdhouse classics. Um, of course, you know it's obviously going to be one of those. Um, ranking it against like whatever a ten is for you. Well, what what song is a ten for you for a They Might Be Giants song? Whew. Like anything off Apollo that would be a ten. Uh, let me let me think. Sorry, I ended up on this. Uh, you know those two kids who were singing the song at the piano. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. One of them has a page for his music currently. Uh, oh, nice. he, yeah, because that was a decade ago. This this video. Yeah, he he's he's still going. Homeschooled, he's kicking ass. Homeschooled through and through, which is not shocking okay. considering the content of that video. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's some good stuff on it. I'll send you this too. Um, yeah, totally. Well, I still got it open here. I'll go look at the. Uh, is it on that same YouTube channel? It was. There was like a link to oh, it somewhere. There's a yeah, yeah, their website of the same name. Oh, look at this! This kid is pretty. This guy's got a cool look. <laughs> His hair is amazing. It really is. Lion's mane. I like that. Perfect tendency. Wearing the tie dye. Tie dye has come back. Well, like uh, for me, the thing because I have a spreadsheet of all of my songs, so I can keep track of my scores. Um, And I don't think about what my score is going to be until I talk to my guest. And this is technically actually you're going to need to give two scores. Okay, Okay. you got to score each song separately. All right, so that might make it easier for you because I know you prefer the pluralized spines. Um, kind of do. Hopefully you've gained. Hopefully you've gained more appreciation for singular spine. No, I like um, singular spine. Yeah, yeah. But I, hmm. The lyrics are great. The, the lyrics are great. The lyrics yeah. are fantastic. Ooh, okay. I mean, I guess a perfect ten. I'm kind of with the with the crowd here. I feel like a perfect ten is a song like Birdhouse in Your Soul or Anna Ang. Sure, I think those are almost objectively uh-huh. their best songs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just in terms of like, you know quality of song but if you if, uh-huh. if it's my own personal taste i do like purple toupee nice um I, so, so then where would spine fall I, I don't know if you can count fingertips i guess that would be probably sure my can. favorite you know they play that live that's is one thing that's incredible it's impressive as hell. <laughs> yeah. it's kind of one of their big things now yeah it has been for a while i yeah. walk alone dark and corridors is probably my favorite part of that so that would be that would be a 10 for me that would be a 10 uh, so where on a scale of 10 would you score spine and like i said decimals are acceptable spine you know i'll 
I'll I'll just it's so short it's hard to rank. So I'll just I'll say eight. I'm gonna go six point eight for spine. Okay. Love the lyrics and the vocal tone. Music doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah. Right? Okay, so then what's your score for spines gonna make you cry? Is the score gonna make me cry? <laughs> I feel like it's the same I think it's in terms of their whole discography. Uh-huh. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. I would say right? a seven or an eight for spines too. Yeah. Okay, so I did 6.8 for Spine. I'm going to go 7.8 for Spines. Wow. Yeah. And I honestly think it's the perfect length. I think if it had gone longer, it would have worn out its welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's the perfect length. Both I of agree. those are the perfect length. Yeah. yeah. So anything else you want to promote or mention before we uh, get off the phone here? Well, nobody's touring or doing anything. Um, so I've been kind of sending stuff back and forth with our drummer, Jason, yeah. uh, just via email. Yeah. We're kind of getting, we made like, in the last month, we did like 20, 21 songs. So I'm going to try and nice. get those in a listenable format <laughs> of some kind. Yeah. I, yeah, I do appreciate that most of my favorite bands put out an album almost every year or every two years mm-hmm. whereas some albums like i was you know i'm a huge weaker thans fan and they're done now but like the weaker thans it was like five years between every album i'm like oh come on <laughs> uh whereas like the mountain goats it's like every year uh the ravenettes are almost every year um yeah you guys like every couple of years you know you don't have to wait too long mm-hmm. and and they, they might be giants are the same way like every every two years and usually they put out something every year and then in 2015 and in 2018 they released 52 songs in those two years so uh they're not slowing down and they're making my job as a podcaster very difficult so um <laughs> shakes fist to the heavens so dylan thanks so much for being on everybody go listen to cloud nothings and uh, i think that's uh, hopefully i already convinced you in the first 10 minutes of this episode that you should all be fans of cloud nothings um thanks for being on thank you yeah it was fun yeah yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, and you'll be back for Bastard Wants to Hit Me. I'm excited to talk about that one whenever <laughs> uh, you want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so everyone can find This Might Be a Podcast everywhere. Uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Patreon.com slash This Might Be a Podcast. Thanks, people. Uh, when you get to $20 on that, you get a T-shirt. And uh, email me, This Might Be a Pod, at Gmail. And leave me voicemails, 224-801-2930. And um, peace out. Thanks, dude. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. That was, that was fun. <laughs>